Welcome back to Let's Talk About God. It's good to be back. Sure is. It's good to be here. It's good to be anywhere. Just remember, wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> of all the places I could be, this is one of them. Sure is. How's that for some That's a deep, deep philosophical statements? That is deep. What you been up to? Just vibing. Just living my life. Being a dad. Being a dad, watching sports. Yep. Like sports have been like pretty great recently. Yep. Braves, today is the opening day as we record this. I got right. my World Series shirt on. I see that. Our champion shirt on. I could have worn my Dodger shirt. You have yeah. your Brave shirt. But you couldn't have worn the championship. Yes, I could because they were the champions the previous year. But not last year. But they were the year before. But not last year. <laughs> no. But we're not talking about time we're talking about oh get out of here we're not talking about when we're that talking about fast. what <laughs> we're talking oh. about we're talking about what is about what 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 is being <laughs> even like not even giving us time goodness bro you're just basically talking to yourself right now all I, by yourself i'm just all by myself. Don't want to be all by myself. <laughs> that's, li- that's God, but he's just saying, I'm fine being. <laughs> there are people right now trying not to run off the road laughing right now because, but that's why we do this because we have fun. We get in here and have fun, don't we? Yeah, this we, is great. We, 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 we have a good time. I'm pumped up about this topic today uh, because the last episode, if everybody remembers, we, we it was an introduction. We said, we're going to talk about God, the attributes of God. We're going to get deep. And so today, and we tried to prep you real good on the last one, if you remember, um, we said, we're going to get one that's kind of, kind of the out of the way, mm-hmm. one, but it's so, so fundamental. And we're not even sure if we're pronouncing it right. I think it's God's aseity. A-S-E-I- T-Y. I don't know Latin, but it comes from the phrase ase, like right. from himself, from yourself. One so guy, like, one scholar said it's a barbarous Latin term. He didn't very much like it very much. Wow. But uh, yeah, so so what is God's aseity? I mean, simply put, God's aseity is his own self-existence, if we want, like the three-second definition. That's a pretty good one. He exists of himself or from himself. Yes. He is he is absolutely independent depending on himself. Yeah. So there's mine. Absolutely like independent, dependent on himself. He is self-sufficient. Right. Who needs nothing. And that is the aseity of God. He's and so that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So before we get into um what we mean by his self-sufficiency and independence. I think something that we can go ahead and establish before we get into the particulars of what it means for God to be of himself, we could say that God is before all time. He is before what we know as time and space. We can at least say that he is before that. Now, when we say that God is before time and space, one of the interesting things is, is that for God to be before time and space means that there was no time or space. So when we say that God was before it, we mean logically, but we can't really say temporally because before is a statement about time. Well, and I think the, the context is really critical here that you're saying creation. Yes. So we have to say before the universe was created, okay, because prior to that, our knowledge is limited about what is. We don't even, God created time. We don't even know what it means for there to not be time, but still be being. Right, because in our mind, we live within That's all we know. the sphere of time and space. Yeah. We are limited by time and space. We, we live our lives by a schedule of time, and we operate within space. So it's very difficult. So this is going to be, in some ways, this could be some at times, abstract yes but this is also going to be a really exciting episode so hang on buckle up because 
stay all the way to the end because <laughs> we got some awesome stuff. I'm just like, I've been ramped up about a subject like this for a long time. I'm kind of shook. I'm just, I'm, but you're right. So anyway, so what do you mean? God, God is before time. God is before, he is before creation. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's kind of why we mentioned that. It's like what we're talking about today is like who God is, his being before creation so before give, time give us this thomas odin sink this is cool i think this is really good so thomas odin and his classic christianity systematic theology which hey if you're like a theology nerd out there but you're like look i'm not going to get a degree like i have a job but i'm really interested in that i think thomas odin's systematic theology is really good it is accessible when you read it it's not so overly scholarly um and it's it used to be three volumes, but now it's one. So you can hold one book in your hand, not have three or four or five. So and it's pretty affordable. So like I would encourage you go do that. And it's rooted not in modern thought. It's not rooted in like some wacky stuff. It's rooted in the church fathers and then in the Protestant Reformation. That and he actually tells you like when he says things, he'll have in parentheses the scripture that he draws it from. And then the source that he draws it from, which are the patristics and the reformers, which is really cool. You know, you're not getting some kind of modernist whack job nonsense, and it's really accessible. All right. After that free promotion that I just gave them, Thomas Odin says this, God minus creation equals God. Creation minus God equals nothing. So it's a simple little math math formula right there. If there is God, but there's no creation, God still exists. If you have creation, but then God ceases to exist, nothing exists. God is before all things, and we know that he is the creator and sustainer of all things. In him, all, all things, things consist. That's right. Every Everything has its existence or its being within his existence, his being, his power. They're upheld by the word of his power. So... Uh, Today, we are discussing everything before this creation. Um, What, Who is God? What does it look like? And we kind of mentioned in the last episode, we're talking about God's own self-sufficiency. So these are the essential essential attributes of God that um, have nothing to do with his creation. So for instance, omnipresence is a term in relation to other creatures. So where God is. Um, and we kind of think of that primarily like he is everywhere. We're thinking in space and time in a relation to us. When we say that God exists of himself, we don't need um, a reference to creatures or creation to understand what that means. So that's what we're talking about today and probably over the next uh, couple episodes, something like that. So um, we've kind of already given the short definition, but we'll just kind of hit it again. Um, when we say that God uh, has a saity, He is totally self-sufficient. He doesn't need anything or anyone else, and he exists all on his own. So let's start with that that last piece that I probably should have put first. God exists all on his own. God was not created. God was not made. God did not come into being. There is no outside force that sustains God's creation. There is no outside force that God depends on. When we think about God, we think about the one who simply is. At the bottom floor, at the foundation of who and what God is, he is. That's crazy. Yes. You and I are our creation, ultimately created by God, created by our parents, sustained by God, sustained by the things of this world, food and water and sleep and all kinds of other different things. God has none of that. He just is before space and time. We can't even say how old God is before space and time. We couldn't say where God is. There is no time and location. He just is. I don't even in, in a lot of ways, we don't even know what that means. We just know that he is some uh, probably the, Greek scholars would say that he is that he's he is truth because they think truth is an eternal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have personally embraced a verbiage. I don't think it does any harm 
that God is reality, that that what is real is God. Now, I'm not being pantheistic mm-hmm. or anything like that. You're I'm not saying, saying everything is God. No, I'm not saying that. That would be pantheism. I'm saying that God is reality, that, that what is real mm. is found in God. God is is by his nature what is what is reality. So that's why I said when you start going into what 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 was what was it like? How do we how do we comprehend God prior to the creation of man, the creation of universe? When where did he come from? When did he come from? There is none of that. He's just but he's just he when you say he is, it's reality. He is the ultimate ground of all being. Right. Everyone is participating in God's own being self being self existence nothing else could be without his being we all participate in his being we are all just living in God's world <laughs> yes which is his own being exactly which is <laughs> that is just we're getting out that's just wild um I, I think it's important to say that what makes God God and not something else is is that it is of his nature to be. So like that's what sets him apart from anything else. Our primary conception of God is just that he exists, that he is, that he is being. Like when we think of God, that's the first thing we think of is that everything else participates in him. That should be where our mind goes. Then we kind of we can speak about all the other things about his omnipresence and his, he has all power and his love and you know all of those other things. But like before anything else, he just is. And I know we talked about this on the last episode, but I think it's important to bring up. That's why Moses is you know God shows up and he's like, hey, I want you to you know lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. They're in bondage. You're going to be the guy who who does it. You'll be my mouthpiece. Like. You tell them we're going, and I'm leading them out. And he's like, okay, um, I need to know who you are. Because they've always, they had referred to God as God, but they didn't yet have this, like, really personal name for it God. Was Elohim in yeah. the Hebrew, but there there were never, <clears throat> I don't think there had, if maybe one reference, but I don't think there had been a usage of Jehovah or Yahweh. No, there had been no reference of that yet. So right. this is a brand new name. So God's like giving his personal name, his covenant name. And um, he tells them, my name is I am, Yahweh, Jehovah. I am that, you know, or or I will be what I will be, or I am what I am. I, I am, he said, tell them to be. To be, like, that's yeah. insane. Right. Like, he just, <laughs> well, that's if, what he, and I guess I say that to say is, that's what, like, that's what God wants to be known by. Hey, who's leading, leading you out? The foundation of who and what I am is to be. Right. So, if there are two questions, how are you, and the, or, or one question, how are you, and there's a response, I am fine. Okay. How are you? I am fine. Mm-hmm. The verb are and am come from the verb to be. Yeah. The most foundational word in language. There are a few languages that do not have to be, but Germanic languages and the Latin languages, our English language is the most foundational words to be. I am, you are, he is, she is, they are. Mm-hmm. When you conjugate it, when I took French and Spanish, the very first verb they teach you is to be. Mm-hmm. And so what so so the question how are you that is a question that relates to the state of your existence or your being your response i am fine is a response to this to the condition of your existence or being so when god says i am he is making reference to his condition mm-hmm. Or being, see, and that's what we're talking about today. That he is a being. So, um, and, uh, and and you know, we like to say that we are human beings, right? Yeah. And uh, the, what what is arguable, and I know that why we say we are human beings 
But the reality is we are probably more like human becomings because we change. So I, I have changed in the last five minutes sitting here in this, in this, in this room, in our bunker, in our undisclosed location, in our secret location for our podcast. That's my joke that I have changed. I've gotten older, uh, things about me have changed. Um, that's why if you get it, if you stand in a river, um, the river is moving, it changes. Everything changes over time. You say, well, the earth doesn't change. Oh, it does give it time. And an erosion breaks down rocks into pebbles, into dust, mm-hmm. which the wind blows away. Everything's moving. Everything's shifting. Everything's Nothing's changing. constant. Nothing <clears throat> is constant. That's the question. That's the answer. Nothing is constant. Everything is in flux. Everything is changing, but there is one person who is not, and that is God. So God is, we are becomings, but God is a being, and he is not only a being, he is the supreme being, hmm. because there is no becoming in God. That's why he's self-existent. There's God, no potentiality. There's, have you ever had somebody say, you you could do so much better. You are not living up to your potential. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we don't like that because that might they try people try to say that to motivate us, and it probably upsets us. You're not living up to your potential, and so it's true because if you have potential, then you have the potential to become something. Okay, God has no potential. God cannot become anything more than what He already is, and if He were. <laughs> If he were to change, he is the ground and existence of all of our existence, which would probably throw us off right. in unknowable ways. Right. So, so the, the the difference is not between. So, if, so we're human beings. God is the supreme being. The the difference is not between humanness and supremacy. It's in the being. And the reality reality is, no one of us is really a being. Hmm. Now, I know it sounds like we're playing with semantics here, but but we're not. We're not a. I'm not being because I change. I, I depend on that. I got to. You know, we're doing this podcast here. It's about pushing eleven o'clock. We finish, and I got to do a video, and then we're going to go eat barbecue. I got to eat. You're becoming hungry. I'm becoming hungry. God's yeah. never hungry. I'll get later tonight. I'll get. I'll become tired. God never tires. The Lord never wearies. The Lord never sleeps. The Bible says. So so. We're going down these roads. It's because these are how we understand. Um, there's a guy named Par- Parmenides who made this great statement. You study about this in Greek. He said, "This is just so deep." Right? He said, "What is, is <laughs> <laughs> what it is. What it is. That's what I thought about seventies. You put your face up. What it is, and, and but that's what he said. What is is." And and while sometimes we have wondered because like Socrates said, know thyself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we, but these Greek thinkers were brilliant. Okay, so what is is, and so what he's saying is, for something to exist, there has to be being. See what I'm saying? That's what he's mm-hmm. saying. What is? And is. you're talking about a static, kind of flat, unchanging. Like, is that what you're saying? Right, like God. What? Is, that's exactly right. Then you had this guy named Heraclitus who comes along, and he opposed Parmenides, and he said, nothing is. And and he said, everything is in a state of flux, mm-hmm. okay, so so that the only, the only constant in creation is change. So Parmenides, and again, you were making your statement, we were kind of getting ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Parmenides was just trying to think that what is, is. He, I think he was dealing with what he thought was reality. Mm-hmm. Okay, Heraclitus comes along and says... Um, no, everything's in a constant state of flux. There is no being. Okay, so the only con- so the, so he expounded the concept of becoming, and thus between these two guys, that's why we're spending a little time here talking about. You have to differentiate between being and becoming, and so being. This is where we're going towards God. If and you know, it sounds like semantics, but really it is. It isn't being must be eternal being must be immutable unchanging being must be the basis for everything else mm-hmm. if if 
we're going to have true being. See, mm-hmm. okay, well, there is no being. Like, if you just stop thinking about it, there is no being on this planet. There's just becoming. So is there a being? Yes, and that draws us back to God, because without being, there can be no becoming, because something becoming is pure potentiality. So you can't just have all this becoming. Where did it come from? Right? What's the foundation for it? What, what holds it together? So I know we're we're in the we're in the realm of of philosophy right now, but but the concept is you have to have being for there to be becoming. You have to have something that is constant. Yes, for everything else to be upheld, to be allowed to change, to exist, to exist. Because if the being right, the constant, the flat, the static, was constantly changing, then then you could say that the, the the changing that is operating within that framework gets thrown all out of whack anyways. Exactly. I've heard it used before, if you use the river analogy, that in a sense the river is never changing and yet it is. Right? It's always a river, but the water in it is constantly moving and changing. Right. And the rocks under you are moving and the bed's moving and 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 time has flowed, uh, and the water that brushed on the right side of your leg has moved to the left side of your leg. It's that, that's the point is it's, there's always movement, change flux, but you're not looking at that and going, that's a river. You blink your eye and go, that's an ocean. Or you blink your eye and you go, that's land. It's time still is still always a river though. What's happening in the middle of it is always changing, right. but the, but the, <laughs> but you could go through a drought and the river dry up. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. That's the point is the point is there's always change. There's always flux. There's always the potential that the river could become, get dammed up and become an, a, a lake. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Savannah River runs through Anderson, Lake Hartwell. They dammed up Lake Hartwell and, and the Savannah River now runs through a lake. Mm-hmm. So, but the point is, the understanding is you cannot have becoming without being. And that that's leading us towards God. See what I'm saying? But we're, we're going down a philosophical road, which I absolutely love is that for there to be all this becoming, there has to be a being for becoming. And that being is a supreme being, and that's God, and that leads us to God. Hmm. And so we're in the realm of, uh, but but um, anyway, go back to your notes, because that, that's we can, we can jump into some other things here in a minute. <laughs> and that's why, that's why I said when I God, well, th- but that's why I said when God says, I am, mm-hmm. so that just sounds like I'm spitting out Deep, deep philosophical. So when God says "I am," He's saying, "I'm being. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm being. I'm the supreme being." And He proved that He was the supreme being, and that was the basis then for them to say, "You are divine. Mm-hmm. That you're not like the gods of Egypt or anywhere else. You are divine because you're saying, I am. I am the being that no one else is.' That's why He's holy." Yeah, because he's the supreme being. Everybody else is the becoming. Behold, I'm the Lord God. I change not. Hmm. I think maybe this will kind of help give us some clarity. Um, God's often caused called the unmoved mover or the uncaused cause, cause. Um, right. and this kind of goes back to Saint Thomas Aquinas, who who gives this as one of his proofs for God, um, where where he walks you through this this question. Um, is it true that everything that begins to exist has a cause? Well, yes. Everything that begins to exist, so it's not everything that exists, everything that begins to exist has a cause. We can trace that back all the way, I and mean, we can just keep going. Well, this began to exist because, you know, this caused it to exist, this began to exist because, um, but eventually you have to realize there is some kind of uncaused cause. There is something that just exists, that just is, that knocked over the first domino, that was, that is the uncaused cause you can't that put everything into motion. A perpetual state of cause. Yes. Of be- yeah. You, at some point, there has to be a beginning point, an uncaused cause for the cause and effect, because life is all about cause and effect. And and that is a that is that is a as you know a philosophical argument for God, mm-hmm. that he is the uncaused cause, that he is the one. And that's what I'm saying. He is the being for all this becoming. Yes. 
So that's why I said I want to start there, and then we'll go into into into, into the the spiritual. But anyway, so, go so ahead. when we talk about becoming, you're talking about something that isn't right, and then is something that was not, and then it's creative created something that did not exist, and then it began to exist. But that has to have a ground in something, like you said, that originally didn't was not created, but just is. Right, and, and you, causes all else. And you mentioned Thomas Aquinas. He he called God the necessary being. Yep. So see, I'm, see, see, see where I, why I wanted to go down that mm-hmm. Greek road to now talk about theology. Thomas Aquinas was a, a theologian. Uh, when did he live? He was, I think, it was the twelfth century. Twelfth century. Um, but he said God is the necessary being, meaning He cannot possibly not be. Yeah. Something has to begin at all. <laughs> right, but he said he, God, cannot not be, okay? He cannot possibly not be. Not only says he cannot not be, he cannot possibly not be. Mm-hmm. He has to be. Mm-hmm. He has to exist because he is being for all the rest of this becoming of what we would call creation and humanity. Yeah. And so he is pure, eternal, self-existent, being he's the perfection of knowledge of power of holiness of of everything that's what thomas aquinas was saying so there is no and yeah i'm kind of following you i'm I'm picking back up now there is no as you're talking about reality there's no reality without that original reality without that self-existent reality without self-existent existence that self-existent being um, you if, can't you can't even conceive of anything if that something isn't already there. If everything that we know, call it the creation, nothing vanished. else can develop like it's developed if there's not an initial thing for it to develop in. Right. If it vanished today, there would still be God, mm-hmm. who, which would make him reality. Mm-hmm. What's real? But that's why I called him. That's why I said I, I try to. That's a little term I used. Because um, if you delete God, then you can't conceive of anything. Like when we think of God pre-creation, we can't wrap our minds around it, but we can at least conceive of of being, right? Yes. We're conceived someone, something is out there. We have no idea what that means for God to exist outside of space and time, to be completely, you know, spiritual and immaterial. But we can conceive like of a th- of something was going on. But if God exists, there is, there's nothing to imagine. There's not even darkness to imagine. Right. There is nothing, nothing, like truly nothing, and nothing to even like try to imagine. He, he is the foundation on which all other potentialities are built on because he is. He is the playground in which everything, all of the other playground, uh, like slides and swings and everything else operates within. If there's no fenced in playground, nothing else has the potential to be built. He is all in all. Yes. We use that script verse and don't understand what it says. So, so let's go to Genesis one. Can we go there for Mm -hmm. a minute? Okay. Cause I think we're just, we're, we're, we're having fun with this. So Genesis one, one in the beginning, Right, mm-hmm. God created God in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. That verse is so pivotal. It's fantastic that that's what God told Moses to write for the very for the opening line of the Word of God. Yeah, in the beginning, which means something was started. The entire universe, as we know it, had a beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's take what you just said. There was a time when it was. Not when it wasn't the beginning. The, well, there was not. There yeah. was no universe. There was no anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if there was a time when there was not, then it had a beginning. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you have to say, how did it begin? Who began it? Okay. Now, the humanistic thinkers of our of our time have have said removing God from the equation, there was a big bang, okay? And that 17 million, 18 million years ago, the universe exploded into being. So what did it explode out of? Yeah, there had to be some ground of existence for it to explode out of. So so what, what did, did it explode out of non-being? Yeah, that doesn't even make sense. 
Exactly. What did it explode it out of non-being? That's what you're asked to believe with the Big Bang, that there was nothing, 17 billion, 18 years, there, that it exploded. There's a, so Because the, everything that begins to exist has a cause. Right. That's our- so the law of inertia says that a body at rest will remain at rest until acted upon by a force. Uh-huh. Now, that's a law. A body at rest will remain at rest until acted upon by force. So, so this, so what was the force? There was one uh, 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 scientist who said, because they they know they have to grapple with this, and there's no answer. So one of them said, uh, "Well, what we need is we we need to understand that that there was an explosion in space uh, that 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 exploded, and then everything came into a being." Uh, but to understand that means that we have to understand that that it took more time. <laughs> That's what I said. So what he's doing is he's kicking the can down the road and saying that it could have been for that to happen. That there's a, a longer period of time even than what we understand. Well, if it was a if it was twenty billion years ago, or a hundred billion years ago, or a trillion year years ago. You still have to deal with matter that already exists. Where did it, what did it explode out of? And you're asking me to say there was nothing and it ex, an explosion occurred out of non-being. Yeah, that, that just doesn't make any sense at all. The Big Bang screams. The secular concept of Big Bang screams for a self-existent, eternal God. Mm-hmm. It screams for it. They think they have replaced God with the Big Bang when what they have done is they have created something because something doesn't come from nothing. Yeah. And and I and and I did a lot of study and I was listening to a guy, I'm gonna give him credit, RC Sproul uh helped me with a lot of this, and I think this is great. He said this. He said spontaneous generation is not science, it's magic. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> I love it. If you're a scientist today and you preach and teach and write books and dissertations and essays and, and write articles about spontaneous generation, you that is not science. That's magic. Yeah. That's magic. I have to believe in magic to believe that there was nothing and there was spontaneous generation out of non-being. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. But I have a mind, and I can think, and that makes no – that is nonsensical. Mm. Okay. What, yeah. what, what, <laughs> what kind of explosion can nothingness cause? Yeah, that doesn't – it does not make sense. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I just couldn't wait to get to this podcast today because this is so awesome. Because What kind of explosion can nothingness cause? And the answer is it can't. Yeah. And so without God, there can be no beginning. And without without being, there can be no becoming. And if there was a beginning, there was not nothing. There, there was, was something. There was one who had the power of being in himself. Mm. And that's what we're talking about today with a saity that he is self-existent, that God is pure being. All right, here's a thought. There is no becoming God. Mm -hmm. God never became God. Yeah. um, I've been reading a book on the Trinity. He is the unbegotten father, the patriarchs would say. Mm -hmm. He is the unbegotten father, the begotten son. But, But it is clear that he is not created. Yeah. And so... And so God has no learning curve. No. <laughs> uh, uh, he's not evolving into a higher form of being, okay? Uh, the medieval theologians had a great way they went about this. They used redundancy, and the medieval theologians said he is the most perfect being, the most perfect being. And you kind of touched on this, believe it or not, if you remember the last episode, you kind of went down this road. You were talking about degrees. Yeah. Okay. Here's a question I'm gonna I will ask you. What is the difference between a perfect being, a more perfect being, and the most perfect being? 
that that doesn't make sense. So what's the answer? If perfection is is literal completion, or so what's the answer? What's the difference between them? There is none. Nothing. There's nothing because it's perfect. Yeah. So you you really the point is you can't have a a, a perfect being, a more perfect being, and then the most perfect being. Yeah. Because if you're a perfect being. There's no progression. Right. But the but the medieval theologians intentionally said that God is the most perfect being, and the redundancy is used, making the point that if something is perfect in being, there there are no degrees. They wanted you to know on purpose the use of semantics that there is no lack in God, there is no weakness in God, there's nothing missing in God. He has nothing new to learn because he is the most perfect perfect being mm-hmm. he is self-existent independent relying on nothing or no one if he's the ground of all being what is out there to learn there's nothing outside of himself right that's why <laughs> he creation has... there's nothing to learn there's nothing new to even understand right and and so a and he's so all in all let me let me let me poke a hole in our prideful humanism mm-hmm. a pure eternal self-existent being needs nothing from me. Mm. That's good. He can't be he can't be appeased. He can't be manipulated. He can't be like the mob bosses show up and be like we'll kill your family if you don't pay <laughs> us your protection money, right? Cuz you got something to lose. He, God it, has nothing to gain and he has nothing to lose because he has everything he is everything within himself before there was god was perfectly satisfied he perfectly was (laughs) he was missing nothing because he is everything yeah and so yeah i think that's fantastic i got some more but i don't want to i don't know if you got something else you want to get in your notes uh i'll read a well we've really kind of read a couple of scriptures i'll read a couple of scriptures and then um i've got some application at the end whenever you're ready but um, we've read Genesis, Isaiah 43.10 says, Before me there was no God fashioned, nor ever shall be after me. I am the Lord, I myself. So God is not competing with other uh, divinities. He is God and God alone. There was no God before him, and there's no God after him. No God fashioned. There, there's nothing like that. He is God. And he says here in Isaiah 44.6, I am the first and the last, and there is no God but me. That is a human way, a condescending to our human brains for God to say he's the first and the last, the beginning and the end. It's, it's this picture of God's eternality, um, his, his self-existence. Like he just, He's the beginning and the end. He's everything. And, it's hard to even put into words. And if you notice, we keep referring to his eternality, <clears throat> his eternalness, and his immutability, his unchangeableness, because they flow out of this concept yes. of to have a self-existent being those things are automatically assumed yeah and so and and so that that's the case um i had a scripture that i wrote down that in john 526 and i know the context i wanted to make sure i didn't take it out of context uh because jesus was talking about life and judgment but this uh-huh. is interesting and i think the verse is applicable John 5, 26 says, for as the Father has life in himself. Did you get that? Yeah. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. Mm. Okay, and of course, remember, Jesus is talking as the Son of God. Uh, but, but and you know, again, my brain right now lately has been on the Trinity and specifically on the uh, some of the heresies have been around and the, and the, and the mm-hmm. early church fathers and they're thinking, and they say that, you know, the, and I think we're going to do this at some point, but the son of God was not created, but he was eternally begotten, eternally begotten or generated and, uh, but not, but not created, but, uh-huh. but that, that the only way to say that, well, how can he, how can you say he's generated begotten? Doesn't that mean created? But no, not if you say God is eternal. Mm-hmm. And if God is eternal, without a beginning, then you're never saying that 
Jesus had a beginning because as God, he was eternal. And if he's immutable, he can't not have been the father and then became the father. Because right. Then that's, or become, become the become son. Become the son. And that's changing. Right. But again, going back, as the father has life in himself. Yeah. So so I think that's the case. Yeah, he um, is life. Yeah. I, before we get into application, can I share one more thing? Yeah, go for we it. Good, we good on we're time? We're good on time. We're only at 40 minutes. Oh, we we're good. Time. Um, so, so here's two things. Um, the coming out of what Thomas Aquinas said, God being the necessary being. So one, God is ontologically necessary. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on, on, ontology deals with just being yeah. what, what is. So that which is. So 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 you kind of get back to that kind of what uh, uh, Parmenides said that that which is is. Mm. Okay, that can never be said of creation. That can never be said of a creature. Okay, because that which is is created is created about creatures right. So you're, you're you're again because so so ontologically it is necessary. God is necessary because we have to have someone that has always that's that's always is <laughs> that is to put it in more yeah. proper terms. We have to have someone that is yes. Okay, so thus I am the great I am the present tense God. Then so so so, so here's the thing. God cannot not be mm-hmm. for everything else to be in existence. So ontologically, when it comes to, to, to that which is, to whatever is, the, God cannot not be. Because we know that we are, it, he is. <laughs> he right. has to be. Right. He if ha- we can for sure determine we are, he has to be. There has to be a ground of our being. Right. And even though we are, you say, well, does that mean I'm a being? No, because you're becoming. You're changing. You were a baby. You were a child. You were an adolescent. You're, you're going to live. You're going to die. We're constantly changing. So we're not we're not a being in the sense of we are. You're not static. static. Now you could say you are a human. You will never stop being a human, right? But you can say in your humanness and your humanity, you are always becoming. You are changing in some way, well, the, but you never stop being human. There are no human beings. We are human becomings. You just want to be technological or human becomings. Well, you never stop being human. I wouldn't right. say that a baby is any less human than a 90-year-old. Right, but we're not talking about that. We're just talking about that as a being that is self-existent. There is we're not that. static. We're not. We're, yeah. we're in flux. All right, so so God's being is ontologically necessary. Okay, mm-hmm. God cannot not be. He mm-hmm. has to exist. Mm-hmm. Okay, second, God's being is logically necessary. So logically, you have to affirm that God exists because if anything exists, then that means God exists. Yeah. Because if he is the supreme being and everything and the uncaused cause, then everything else exists. Something has to have the power of life in itself Mm -hmm. for something else to exist. See what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why we're talking about the self-existence of God. So it isn't just, hey, that's cool. God's always been around. God's never been born. It's deeper than that. It is everything that we are and all that we know is contingent upon that. Mm-hmm. It flows out of that. So God has the power of life and being within himself. And so this is what we were talking about in Acts 17. Paul went to um, to Greece, to Mars Hill, and uh, he didn't go there as a tourist. He went there to minister, and uh, he, he sees... Um, uh, all, all the different things, the buildings are there, and and uh, he goes in, and there are just idols everywhere. And, of course, they, all these intellectuals and elitists are there, and they do nothing but think about the newest thing. It, they were they, they were trying to have their own age of enlightenment, you know. And so uh, Paul goes in, he's trying to preach the gospel to them, and uh, what he noticed, they had a lot of – it's interesting, they didn't know God, but they, had, they were religious. They didn't know God, but they were religious. And so Paul sees this idol, this, this altar to the one to cover all their bases. Mm-hmm. So they had all these different false gods, but they had one that said to the unknown God. So just, just in case they just, missed any, just in case we missed any, <laughs> that's right. We, we've got this one to the, and so Paul said, I'm going to use that, which is what you do with the gospel. Sometimes you have to find a creative way to, to deal with whoever your audience is. And so Paul said, I'm going to use that. And he said, I see that you have an, uh, an altar to, to the unknown God. I want to talk about that God. And then he starts talking about the God, mm-hmm. the real God, the God of the Bible. And in that process of preaching to them, he makes this statement 
And Acts 17, this is probably, and, and my eyes have been open, probably one of the most powerful statements in, in the Bible. And it, it, it's like, like it, it's, 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 I mean, I've always quoted it, but now I've just elevated it up to one of those top scriptures. He said, for in him, talking about God, we live, we move, and we have our being. Hmm. There is a contingency that for me to be, there must be God. Hmm. For me to live, there must be God. For me to move, Paul said, if I'm going to move, if I'm going to exist, if I'm going to if I'm going to be become in my becoming, there has to be God because all of it happens in him, Mm -hmm. in this self-existence, eternal God from which everything flows and from which all things are dependent. Okay. Paul said, I can't move, can't breathe, can't exist without the power of God. If anything happened to the being of God, our becoming would vanish. Yeah. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, I'm going to give R.C. Sproul credit for this because he said this. I've never heard this, and I think it's awesome. Paul said, talking about God, in him we live and move and have our being. But R.C. Sproul said, of God, Mm -hmm. in him he lives and moves and has his being. That's crazy. Is that awesome? That's worth listening to this podcast <laughs> right there. <laughs> that God self-existed. He just changed that scripture. Said in Him, God lives. In God, God lives and moves and has His very mm. being. That's cool stuff, man. Mm. Who said theology is boring? It's not. It's awesome. <laughs> I love it. God lives because He is life. You know, He moves because He is existence. He is because He is. He is. <laughs> what is? Is, is. <laughs> and, that, and, the, and the only person that can be said of is God. Is God? That's incredible. That's cool. So do some application. How do we make this yeah, so, practical? So let's do some application. We, we don't have to spend like terribly long on this, only because we talked about it in the last episode. But it's worth saying. God's worthy to be worshipped. We should literally stand in awe of our God and Creator. Um, even if you've walked away from this episode, so maybe you've you've hung in here and you're going, I don't even know that I get it. In a lot of ways, that leads us to worship God. Like, God is ineffable. He's indescribable. He's revealed some things about himself, but we can't know him completely. And even these areas where he has revealed himself, a lot of them are complex. Um, We should raise our hands and get down on our knees and worship God um, in reverence and awe at who he is. That's incredible. The ground of our own being and existence, the one who is, like, He's worthy to be lifted up. He's worthy to be praised. Like if if we can look at like celebrities and athletes who worked real hard and became some really good, you know, the best in the world and give them all kinds of praise and hand claps and like I will fight to the grave that MJ is the greatest ever, right? Like we can give them in a in a sense human praise. Imagine the one who did not become but just is. You just took my notes. I mean, it was as if you I did. Read, I, I you didn't just, read, like, never told you me read that. my notes. <laughs> I just I I mean that that you just like <laughs> even the whole Michael Jordan thing. MJ, you just took it out right there, man. You, you did such a good setting the foundation. You, you got it going now. You got it going. So that should that should lead us to worship God. Um, he who was and is and is to come. I mean, that's biblical. We worship God just because He is Yahweh. Yeah. Um, we should love God because He freely loves us. So God freely created us and He freely redeemed us. God wasn't acting under compulsion. So it goes back to that mafia thing. No one held a gun to God's head. No one said you have to create creation in human beings. He doesn't need to love us. No one said you have to redeem us and die for us. He chose to love us. Freely chose to create us and save us. Um, And we should freely love him back and worship him with all that we have because he's the only reason we're here, and he he did it out of free love and grace, which is pretty incredible. I mean, um, pretty breathtaking and awe-inspiring when you really think about it. Because um, a lot of the things we do in our lives, we do out of not just love, but a little bit out of compulsion. Like if we're just being honest, yeah, there there are things we may do ninety seven percent because we love our spouse 
and 3% because we're just going to look like a jerk to everybody else if we don't do it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right? There's a little bit of compulsion. Like, I have things to lose. It's not just free give. I don't want to look like an idiot. Right. Um, For God, he never has that moment. Right. It's all free. Um, We should worship him. It's good. Here's a third thing that we can take from this. It is good to exist. Existence is a good thing. God is good, perfect goodness, and the ground of his being is being. It is existence. It is to be. So to be is a very good thing. And so we can think about this in three ways. Death and decay are evil. That's why sin brings death. That's why sin brings decay, because it is the opposite of who we were created to be. It's the opposite of God. God is being. Death is non-being. It's separation. It's end. And it's bad. To be is a very good thing because it reflects God. And so um, death and decay are evil, and it's why we fight against it, and it's why we'll always lose <laughs> until Christ comes back, the one who is life, and uh, and gives us his life and sustains us and redeems us again. Two, we can say things like this is why we know that something like suicide is tragic. Um, someone made in the image of God, someone made to eternally be, though they were created, they were made from that point on to, to never cease. Um, to look at their own being and say, this is not good. I don't want to be anymore. It is the opposite of, of God and his intention for us. And um, it's just tragic and it's sad. Um, third thing is I've heard people say this and I, I don't agree with it at all. People have gone, they look around at the world and they go, the world is so bad. I don't know if I want to bring a child into this world, but I would argue that to exist, to create, to be as better than non-existence. It's good to have babies. That's a great thing because it means more life, more being, more existence. That's who God is. And uh, you're creating an eternal soul. Like That's wild. God lets us participate in that. We participate in create, creating beings, creating people who exist. That's a good thing. Made in the image of God. Made in the image of God. And so uh, even in a dark world, let's have children. So let me just pause right here and say, because your point is it's good to exist, but it's also good to become. Because since God is all in all self-existent, we are not, then did not God create us that way? Obviously, we're not little gods. So God didn't create us to be gods. Mm -hmm. In our divine design, we are made to evolve, grow, learn, expand, get better, Mm -hmm. to become, to to have potential and reach potential. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something worth talking about as sort of an offshoot of God's aseity is that God, God is the package. Okay, so to, to, to not be flippant, you know, people say you think you're all that in a bag of chips. That can only be said of one person. Mm-hmm. We all are not all that. Only God is all that, all in all, as he would say. So we have this potential, and I think God created us in that he wants us to reach our potential. He wants us to be all that we can can become. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say be all that you can be. Be all that you can become. Yeah. Become all that you can become. So it's not only just existence, but, and I think that's where purpose comes in. Mm-hmm. That's where purpose comes in. Values of life, meaning in life. So, you know, a lot of people don't know what the meaning of life is. Mm-hmm. And and I think because, ev- think about this, because everything, we're still philosophical here, because everything is contingent and dependent upon God, then so is your life. And so your meaning in life must be found back in the in the creator, the one who gave you life. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. to think about. So so the self-existent, eternal God who created you says, I don't just make you to spin you off like a top, go do your thing, but you stay connected with me. And you know, in him is life, and the life was the life, light was the life of all men, whatever life is all life. You know, our life is in him. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we miss it, is that we disconnect from God. Of course, sin disconnects us from God. And we find the restoration of coming back to that perfect, good, self-existent, supreme being that is the source mm-hmm. of our very life and, be, and, and being and becoming. 
and then you have to run back to him. It's mm-hmm. amazing. Something like this can actually push you back to the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it gives us that our hope is actual like union with this God. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. Not becoming God, but we are in Christ. We are in union with Christ. Um, we are partakers of the divine Divine nature. nature. Um, We are created in God's image. We uh, learn him and know him more. We, um, you know, Moses couldn't look at God's face, but we'll, we know that we'll be like him because we'll see him as he is, as John says. That's exactly right. There is a growing union and intimacy with the very ground of our being that will never cease. God is infinite. He's inexhaustible. And so we will meet the one who created us and made us and is our life and sustains us as he continues to do that forever and ever. I, I think in eternity, there will be something settled. There will be no more sin. Mm-hmm. The reason I know that is because there will be no more death, because the wages of sin is death. And the second death, death is thrown into the, in, into Gehenna, mm-hmm. the, the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. So if there is no more death, then there can be no more sin and that which is perfect shall come. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of glorification. However, I don't think that when Jesus said that, which is perfect was come, he was talking about knowledge. I, I still think relative to what we have now, I still think there will be becoming. If God is infinite and we are destined to know and to participate in God, to be in union with God, that's inexhaustible. For all eternity. For all eternity. That's inexhaustible. You can never stop becoming closer and knowing God more. Think how long the angels have been around. I know. Uh, let's assume the angels predate Genesis 1-1. Uh, being in his presence, they still don't know mm-hmm. everything about God. God's, that's what I'm saying. God, God is so far beyond us, we can't even... And we never will. Never will. It, you can live for all eternity, and we will, and we'll never fathom and plumb the depths of of God. Mm. That's why they fall down and worship him all the time, because mm. they just look at him in amazement. That's good. We can trust God in his promises. God's not going to cease to exist. Um, he's sovereign over all. Everything depends on him. And so when God says he's going to do something— um, he's going to do it, and uh, he can't be killed. He can't be assassinated. He can't be taken out. His plans can't be thwarted. You can't um, end existence. You can't end being itself himself. Yeah, he said in Isaiah, "I will work, and who will hinder me?" Exactly. And so we we don't have to worry about um, someone being you know about him being taken out or something like we do with human beings. You know, what if something happens to him? What if something happens to that guy? What if they change? What if whatever? God will never do that. Yeah. Um, and so when he promises he's going to do something, he's going to do it. That's good. Um, and then finally, we should never seek to save ourselves. Um, our life depends on God. He is our life. Um, we don't seek to save ourselves or to satisfy ourselves or to give ourselves what we think is best. He is our life. He is our being. He is our existence. And so we always turn to Christ who, you know, who is the life of God and the light of all men. And, and we look to his brightness and to his life. Um, we don't try and do it ourselves, whether that's satisfying ourselves by trying to live life to the fullest in this world, or whether it's trying to save ourselves through our own like good works or uh, whatever you want to say. It, you can only turn to Christ who gives you his life. I, there used to be an old hymn that says, I need thee, oh, I need thee every hour. I need thee, oh, bless me now that my Savior, I come to thee. And I think... What we need to think about today is I, I don't just need him. You don't just need him when you need him. So, some people mm-hmm. have a relationship with God is when I'm in trouble. I need you, Lord, now. That's when we'll we'll talk. But but otherwise, I don't need you, Lord. I don't need you in my business. I don't need you to help me raise my kids. I don't need you in my marriage. I don't need you with my, my extracurricular. But I think what what this kind of subject does is say, I need him. But in him I live and move and have my being because I'm nothing without it. I have to I need the whole concept that I'm independent and I don't need God is a lie of the devil. That's what that's what the devil told Adam and Eve in the garden. Mm. And people have been buying it ever since. When and it's not it's not like we're robots or in chains. It's just a connection. We were we were created it's part of this how it works. You got you got to be connected. It's like if you got a computer that can only run on 
on Wi-Fi or or just on it's got to be plugged in the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's do your thing, but you got to be plugged in the and I think that's how God created this is I got to be connected to that self-existent being. I mean, the only reason I'm here is because that being that doesn't need anybody decided to let me be born. Yeah. I think this is why Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer, we pray every day, give us this day our daily bread. Daily bread is not like in the most literalistic sense, give us bread. But it's give us everything we need need. to live and exist. I think you can make that both spiritual and material. Like, I, I need the things that I need. Like, I need money. I need food. I need water. I need a job. I need all of these things. I need opportunities. I yeah. need wisdom. I need I need direction. <laughs> I need clarity. I need vision. Yeah. I, I need character transformation. It just go on and on and on. We are a needy people. And at the same time, I think, Lord, I need you. I need the bread of life. Right. I need the one who is true food and true true drink. Like I need you to sustain me. Like Adam and Eve, we're going to eat of the tree of life. I need to eat from you. Yes. The one who feeds my soul daily, you are my life. Yeah, because you are the only person that will not run out Mm -hmm. or run off. You You are are living water. Self-existent, independent God. I never have to doubt Mm. who you're going to be and what you're going to do. Yeah. This has been good. This is real good. I'm done. Are you done? We, I am. We have set the we have set the bar high. I hope y'all have enjoyed this. this is, I hope this is good. We take, like I said, we took you in the, kind of the nine foot end of the pool, get some deep water. Man, this is good stuff. Absolutely. Well, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, like, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff. Share it with somebody who needs it, and we will see you back in a couple of weeks. 